0: Hey everyone, welcome back to another fantastic week here on the podcast. I have been enjoying some sunny weather here in California and been able to hit some golf balls with my sons. Yes, sons this last uh, week and it's been very enjoyable spending time with them. So I've got a question for you and I'm, I'm curious if other adults feel the same as me that there's this rush to have our children progress or hit that next developmental stage because I have this feeling quite often I have to bring myself back and back to reality, kind of chill out and just understand and embrace this process. So that's what we're gonna talk about today. So I know the process is so important and I know it's gonna have its ups and downs. So I've got Neil Plummer back on the podcast to help us better understand the thoughts we have as adults on our juniors.
1: I I think as I've said, there's, there's never any necessary rush. And I think maybe also just following on from what you just said there, it's also just, You know, being our very best self in that moment, you know, whether that be us as a coach or us as parents or seeing our children in front of us, you know, we we want them to be happy, we want them to be cared for, we want them to be safe and actually if they've got all those things, you know, whether they win or lose at golf, whether they're getting better or not, whether they've hit a good shot or not, they're not actually that important.
0: Neil always brings this perspective to the podcast, makes me reflect, think, and kind of dive a little bit deeper into my thoughts after hearing from him and what he has to share and say. So if you have any of these similar thoughts to me, I know this is going to be a great listen for you. All right, Neil Plimmer back on the Raising Golfers podcast. And today we're going to have another discussion topic. There is time embracing the process. So Neil, thank you so much for joining me again.
1: Thanks for having me. Um, I think I probably speak to you more often than I speak to my family on some days.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Feelings mutual, that's for sure. Yeah. So today, um, you know, we're we're gonna have this topic. So, you know, for myself, this is where this kind of came from. I constantly have this like itching feeling that as a parent, I need to see my children like progress or hit that next developmental stage. And then I like regularly, like whether it's hourly or daily or whatever, when I have those thoughts, I've just got to kind of put myself in check and just tell myself, Travis, you need to chill out a little bit. From your experience or opinion, why do you think we as adults and parents constantly have that feeling? What do you think?
1: I wonder if it starts when. We have children, and when they go through those very early phases of development of learning to move, learning to roll over, learning to speak, learning to walk, and if you and your wife are anything like me and my wife, when you start to maybe compare them against other children and then maybe compare them against, you know, your second to your first, and so it's always those comparisons. You know, one was at one point, one was at another. Um, forgetting that, you know, obviously they're their own unique being, and they're going to be fine. Saying that though, I, I did I, as I was trying to think about stuff today. You know, oh, very fortunate. You know, my two children are very healthy, and they're absolutely fine, and they've gone through all these stages. And I suspect there will be sometimes where children don't hit those markers and don't hit those stages. So I suppose it's a precarious balance as a parent, isn't it, to know well, are they fine and will they be fine or are they missing one of those stages? And is there something that we need to have a little look at? Which, again, we'd not wrote that in our notes or we'd not discussed that, but I had that thought when I came to it today. But I was also then thinking to myself, well, I wonder whether we now also live in a culture of comparison. I mean, you know, social media is the worst. You know, we all live these idyllic, facebook lives don't we no one posts the horror stories on facebook do they Um, no
0: and i wonder if there is a culture of comparison i think it's a great point that you bring up it must be there so with with that what you just said there because i think that's spot on with least with maybe my thoughts as an adult and a parent what do you think we need to understand as adults about child development to better embrace this long-term process of development and you know that's speaking for the game of golf or just generally as well
1: I think I think if I had my time again as a parent which I wouldn't want to because I've enjoyed every single minute of it and I don't regret anything we've done but if I think I had my time again I think I'd probably maybe research a little bit more around child development what child children need and want Because as we've discussed at length, you know, parenting, there's no rule book. There's no, you know, we don't know what to do and when. Um, And so I suppose, you know, if we draw it back to golf, there's a long time, you know, however, whatever age children start and wherever they get going, they've got their lifetime to play golf and they've got their lifetime to enjoy it. And there surely should be no rush. Um, because what are we rushing for, you know? And even as we just talk about it now, and I I didn't quite realize probably the magnitude of what we're maybe going to talk about. It's, it's It's quite a scary thought, isn't it? That there is no rush and there's plenty of time for us all. But it also takes us away from that present moment, doesn't it? That present moment of living in the here and the now. And maybe again, as a society or as a culture, maybe we don't do that enough anymore.
0: Yeah, that's a good point so why do you think that rush is is why do you think so many of us adults feel that rush what's it what's it coming from well we we don't know that everybody does i
1: think you know a lot of the parents who probably get the bad press have that angst and agenda and want to you know, want their child to be the the number one player in the world, want them to get a college scholarship, want them to get into the county scene. So I wonder when there's a future goal, when there's something to achieve that's tangible, I wonder whether that's when the, the, the ticking clock starts. It's another interesting point, isn't it?
0: So do you think there should be an end goal for children as they're developing in the game of golf?
1: Well... I think as we've spoke before, you know, when, when I say children, I always mean sort of 2, 11, to 10, 11, 12 years old who are just getting started in golf. So for the children that we meet on our path, then I would I would hesitate to put any agenda or any goal in place. You know, the goal being to enjoy the game, to enjoy the experience, to, you know, maybe get to the point where they can play independently and that would be the goal we would put in front of them because then they've they've got infinite amount of choices. But I also, you know, flip that around and maybe the parent or the coach who says, right, you know, we're here to bring up elite golfers and to develop elite golfers. Then, there's always going to be a rush, isn't there? There's always going to be a rush. There's always going to be markers in the sand. The sort of periodized periodized training and all the things that come along with that. I mean, have you experienced that before?
0: Well, just as you said, what you've said over the last few minutes, it's definitely made a few things click because as a coach, I've had a lot of parents come to me concerned about the progression of their child in the game of golf. And I always said kindly that, you know, I gave my honest opinion. I always, you know, most of the time I said, you know, don't worry, the child will continue to develop. You you don't know when it's going to happen, but it could happen. But again, I guess that's probably related to two things that you brought up. And that would be the number one would be comparisons. So comparing it from eight year old to eight year old, my eight year old to another eight year old. And then the other one would be, what is that goal that I guess they've already preset to have? At that point, that hasn't been achieved and why is that concerning the parents? So then I guess my question would be is, is how can that all be avoided? Because you're going to see other kids play golf. You're going to see other kids of other families play golf better than your kids. You're going to see other kids hit the ball better. You're going to see, you're going to see so many things. So I guess, does it come back then to what are your goals uh, for your child is do you need to have those goals is it necessary i don't know what are your thoughts
1: oh, again it's a, it's a it's a big question isn't it you know uh, i suppose again on the one extreme you see parents who are living their lives maybe through their children which again i think we've discussed on this you know they get a they get a lot of the attention those parents do and they're a very small minority what i've seen and then maybe you've got or the parents who are not living their lives through their children, but they've just got very high expectations, whether that be through the family or through culture or through history. And I think as parents, and I'd like to think as coaches, we're all just trying to do the best we can with the knowledge and the experience that we have available to ourselves. So, you know, we care, we're kind, we're considerate, we're trying to do the right thing by the people in front of us. But I wonder if, you know, if if as adults, you know, there isn't any rush to childhood. Childhood just is something to be lived and it's something to be experienced. It's not something to be necessarily rushed through. And you know, maybe, and again, I'm just pondering over this as we talk, maybe school's got a lot to do with that. You know, if you look back to when children didn't go to school who you know, they would work and they would get involved in the family, whereas then obviously they get into school, the industrialised world sends them to school, starting kindergarten, starting nursery, pop out the other end to get an education, to, to get a degree, to work. It's very sort of capitalist, very, so again, I'm, I'm not so versed with that, but it's a very sort of, this is the way it's going to be. So I wonder whether it's things like that that have maybe added to that, here dehumanization of the process of of childhood
0: yeah it could be i mean that could definitely be a major player in why things are the way they are it's quite quite,
1: it's, it's quite gone quite more deeper than i thought it might but i suppose this is why having these conversations and you know we know that there's no rush but i think as a coach and a parent you do sometimes get dragged into that idea that oh my goodness are they on track are there things that they should be doing and I suppose those those feelings are just perfectly natural and perfectly normal and maybe it's just having the self-awareness just to catch oneself when having that to then think whoa hang on a minute let's just enjoy the time we've got together let's enjoy. and, and, and I know you sort of said enjoy the process but even maybe stripping that back again and not enjoying the process just just enjoying the moment
0: yeah I think that's great I I was going to ask you the question like what actionable tip you would have for when parents have that feeling where they're concerned that the time it takes for their child to develop at that current time in their life and they feel concerned that it's too slow like what would you do so y- what you said there was great is there anything else you would add to what an adult could do or a parent could do to kind of change that thought and put them at ease
1: Maybe just having some critical friends around you, you know. Maybe having some people to just to talk it over with, and you know, we have spoken a lot and we've said things that, you know, just getting those thoughts out of one's head and seeing w- what they sound like, you know. Maybe getting someone else's opinion, getting someone's thoughts, thrown into me. You know, ultimately, I'm going to be the one that not I'm going to be the one. We. we I'm going to make a decision for the well-being of my children as the next person along will, but I've given it some thought. I've done some research around it. I've understood are there other parents who've been in a similar boat to me? What did they do? You know, we've got quite a big decision with my son who's going on to secondary school. And so we've had to we've had to weigh up lots of different decisions and speak to lots of people about it rather than just headstrong going into it.
0: I like that. So let's break down kind of the, the process. And I, I guess, some of the developmental stages we might see uh, of a junior golfer. So you've talked about this before. You've got your jolfer, which you yeah. can explain. You can break this down in a minute. So you got your jolfer, your golfer, and your player, right? So just give us a, a a quick breakdown of those three categories of children in the game of golf.
1: I'm very hesitant to label, but these labels have sort of stuck around and they've worked quite well um, to give some framework and definition so jolfer is a child that needs help and needs support not necessarily in the telling them what to do but you know needs people to be there with them to help them to be safe to help them to play with others so they would play alongside an adult you know and that could be a child of eight months it could be a child of 10 but they need somebody around to help them because they don't yet know what they don't know Um, and so they've been introduced to the game We ultimately don't want them to be a golfer for very long because we want them to love the game, love playing, and so therefore then make the decision to invest time, effort, and resource into playing golf so then they become a golfer. So a golfer is... Somebody who can play golf independently so they can probably carry their own bags. They can make their own decisions They can hit shots independently, you know, they play alongside me as an adult But I don't need to worry about them because I know that they know what they're doing to what skill level Who knows that's not the point here. skill doesn't necessarily come into this Um, So there'll be a large number of golfers because what we want to be able to do as a company as a business is Give them the opportunity to play, golf,er and then get them out playing on the golf course so they play independently. And then there might be the, the few, and this number again, I don't know what this is, who would make the choice and the decision to invest more time and effort to play golf, play the game of golf better. So they would become players because they would want to keep score, they would want to play against themselves, play against others, get a handicap invest time in practice, invest time in lessons. So, golfer, needs help, needs support. Golfer, plays independently. Player, somebody who has made some sort of decision, made a choice to invest more time and effort to improve and get better. That number of children, people within each stage, will vary from club to club, course to course, family to family because obviously everyone's at a different stage of development and understanding and access and opportunity to play. But again, Mm -hmm. I suppose we're in a, we're not in a rush to get people from jolfer to golfer, but because we're introducing golf to them, we want them to have some help, have some support, you know, find that love and desire and then get going and playing golf.
0: I love that. Yeah. So I know it's a very difficult question. I'm about to ask you, but I think given a realistic, idea of how long each stage might take a player to get to. And let's just say the adult has the idea that they want to play golf with their child for the rest of their lives. So they would like them to get to the golfer slash maybe player level. And, you know, how long would somebody stay at the Jolfer level or how long is it okay for them to be at the Jolfer level for? And then we'll go through each one. So
1: I think back to it and I did a, I sent out a podcast the other day about this young boy who'd come along and he was 10, 10 years old, Harrison, and he had never played before, came with his dad, came for a two-hour on-course family experience and he played 12 holes of our golf golf park, which was a short, short golf course, six holes of the sort of short academy course. So in his first two hours, he had played 18 holes of golf and he was a golfer. We assisted him, we helped him, we changed the ball, we changed the club, you know, giving him different options. He then came back the following week, played six holes of golf on a big golf course. So in his first four hours of golf, he had played, he had completed um, uh, 24 holes. And I would say at the end of that 24 holes, he'd gone from golfer to golfer, four hours. Wow. That was a, That was a 10-year-old. You know, no... Okay. No sort of formalised coaching, no coaching in the traditional sense of the term, but supported and guided and helped and allowed to play. And by the end of it, he would be able to, he came back a couple of weeks later and he was pretty much on his own playing, playing alongside his dad. It was beautiful. It was was a beautiful thing to watch. Now I'm aware that he was 10. Would that be different if if the child was 8? Possibly. You know, if there was a sort of standard eight-year-old, which there isn't, and would it be different if there was a six-year-old? Possibly, but then we'd probably maybe change the, the golf course or the format by which they play. So it's having these tools available probably to us as a coach or to a parent to be able to say, right, I can support my child through every step of these moments that we're collecting so that there's no rush. So I wonder if it's a it's a knowledge wonder if if the adults need the knowledge and the understanding so that they don't feel there's a rush.
0: Right? No, I think that's important that I think that's definitely an important piece of the puzzle. That's for sure. So now you got your golfer. Okay, so you your golfer now, Uh, how long have you seen a person, let's just say that has transitioned into a player? And that hasn't transitioned into player. How long have you seen somebody stay in that kind of golfer stage four? I, I think back
1: and, I, and I'm thinking of individual children that we've spent time with who have probably invested time and then come back. And, you know, I'm, I'm also conscious that I'm, that I'm labelling them. But often in golf, as, as we've discussed, there's a sort of one track road, isn't there, to elites and college and breaking par and a plus handicap and being a pro rather than these just little little ladder steps along the way that people can sort of go up a little bit come down a little bit go up a little bit and just go at their time I think for me success is when children and young people are at that golfer stage and they're comfortable, they can play, they enjoy playing, it's on their terms. And we can see, you can see that, you know, you could think of countless examples of children that you've seen who are playing on their terms. Mm. But we could probably also think of a number of examples of children that may be in the player category who aren't playing on their terms. And that's probably where, you know, parents or adults around them need to consider what we've done. And, you know, maybe, you know, we've, we've talked a little bit before about burnout, and yeah. maybe people burn out in the game and fall out of love with the game because there was this massive rush at the beginning. Mm.
0: I, would, I would agree. Yeah, I would agree for sure. I think it's a very interesting point. And, you know, f- ironically, from my experience in China, I saw more kids burn out from the game of golf than I had ever seen, actually. And that tipping point happened between ages 10 and 12. Yeah. However, they started playing golf, you know, six, seven years old or whatever. And, um, you know, it could have been for whatever reason. But, you know, I think about how I was introducing, coaching, training players in China. And I think what I was doing wasn't necessarily right for their longevity in the game. And I could see why some of those kids might have left. And it was probably me, as the coach's role as an adult, probably rushing things a little bit too much. Yeah. And I felt that pressure whether it was from myself or from the families or whatever to rush that and I think I realized that it's not necessary And I think it's okay for them to stay at that golfer stage really for as long as they want right and like you said let them make the decision to then want to become a player to want to be better to say hey I want to be better at this game I'd like to move to that stage and you know, it's funny is I don't really remember many children coming to me telling me that's what they wanted to do. So, yeah, that's no, that's just from my no. experience. So, yeah. so, so,
1: so, all, so I wonder at all. Sta- let's say that these were stages. So, uh, are all these stages of development, if we as the adult, we're, we yes, we might be setting up positive learning environments, we might be setting up positive play experiences. We might be setting we might be setting up all sorts of different things and we're there to make sure they're safe, but we're also just waiting, waiting for them to come to us. Which again I think is a difficult thing. You know, we're coaches, we're often getting paid for our job, and that's a balance, and I understand that. But if I put parents' hats on, I'm just waiting. We're just waiting, we're just there, we're just there, we're just talking, we're just looking, we're just and again it comes back to that self-awareness thing. I wonder if there is a massive rush because we're not necessarily self-aware that f- we fell into that trap of comparison or agenda or goals or, or even becoming process orientated. Now, maybe mm. process orientated takes us away from the present moment. I've never again. I've never considered that before, but it makes perfect sense when we talked about in this in this um, this. Frame, doesn't it? So you've got present moment, you've got process, and I know I was sharing with you the other day about progress, wasn't it? So you've got present moment, process, and progress.
0: Yeah, I think it's 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 quite interesting one. I mean, it, it, everything is a process. I think. I mean, there's there, there is a process to everything, and I guess if your goal is to make incremental progression in whatever it is you're doing, there is going to be a process to that, and if you do want to just stay where you're at, then I think there still could be processes of continuously enjoying whatever it is you're doing. But um, I guess if you speak in the terms of progression, yeah, there's, there is there is going to be that process and it's going to have some positives and negatives, I think, along the way, that's for sure. One, one kind of question I wanted to ask you was, and this is for us adults to better understand is, is like, what positive things develop during that? process of going from let's just say golfer, golfer a player okay so let's just say moving along that progression line what positive things happen in that process that a lot of times we actually don't see as adults
1: i think it's got to be new experiences isn't it new experiences new friendships new connections or like you say all those things that you can't see you can't monitor you can't measure which, again, I think is one of the difficult things sometimes around if we're looking around process and progress, that sometimes it's very, very difficult to measure those things. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we can measure how far you hit it. We can measure, you know, the weights you can push, but we can't necessarily measure one's understanding or we can't measure, like I say, the connections with other people. You can't measure people's own self-belief and their confidence in what they're doing. Um, For sure, yeah. And, and their mindset towards that as well, and their, their happiness within themselves. Right. And I, think, and I think, you know, making sure that children are safe all the way through this process, safety of, you know, not just physically safe, but also mentally and emotionally safe, I think is a, it's a really important thing for us adults to remember, because I wonder, again, if there is this rush around process and getting somewhere quickly, then we're not necessarily taking into account the children's, or, or even adults mental
0: well-being either no it's true yeah i think it it it's very it's very easy to get quite sidetracked as well e- even based on those experiences right and let's just say experiences are an important thing and the children are enjoying what they're doing they're they're content with whatever it is they're doing in the game of golf whether it's results that they are currently have the enjoyment they're having or whatever but it's very easy to get sidetracked and I saw this as a coach and I saw this as uh, parents talking to me about their own children and I think a pitfall that can happen is if you kind of interrupt that process of development whether it's natural hopefully it's natural um, and some of those experiences so well, I'll give you an example is like a parent might come to me as a coach and say, you know, I see this thing wrong with their swing. We talked, you talked about those earlier comparisons, right? I see this issue wrong with their swing, right? And it has nothing to do with the direction of their enjoyment. It has nothing to do with the alignment of necessarily the progression of their goals. And, you know, they want me as a coach to maybe fix this minor problem. But if you look at it in the scheme of the bigger picture of what's going on in this kid's development, all it's going to do is actually probably have negative effects if I go in and you know say okay yeah let's change your grip you know let's do this let's do that and then next thing you know it's like I'm the doctor trying to fix all these minor problems that actually hinder their progression, their interest, their experience, everything, and I think that might be what eventually years down the road lead to a lot of people dropping out, stop playing the game of golf. So. I think as adults, we have to be very delicate about those little things because it's so easy to veer away from that long-term process of development, that long-term process of enjoyment of the game. And it can be a downward vicious circle if you start going in and diving into some of those little tiny things that actually really don't matter.
1: And the long-term process of childhood. Yeah. Which For actually, sure. uh, if, if that's why we're here, you know, to, to enjoy alongside and with our children, that long-term process of childhood, you know, what they do today. Uh, I don't think it was yourself. Someone else said to me that, you know, what's happened today is going to be quite different to what's happened tomorrow because we'll have taken the experiences, we'll have learned something, we would have reflected on it, we're good to go tomorrow, and again, and again, and again. And these little mm-hmm. moments and these little habits and these little things that we do in the present moment – they add up to something. So therefore, if they keep adding up to something, and we do all the good stuff regularly—eating our fruits, drinking lots of water, getting lots of exercise—guess what? In 18 years' time, they're going to add up to something.
0: Mm, for sure.
1: So maybe also, so maybe also uh, another point of this is, and again, if people are listening and think that we're making this up as we go along, there is a little bit of that. Um, <laughs> maybe it is just taking those little things, just do little things regularly rather than being in a rush to do big stuff, little things, little things, you know, so I don't know. Let's think of you want a child to hit it better. Okay, let's hit the ground in the right place. Let's find that bottom of the swing. Get get that right. Get that right. Because suddenly once they start to get that right, then they're going to find the middle of the golf club. Now they're getting right. the low point of the swing. They're finding the middle of the golf club. Find the middle of the golf club more often. They're finding that it's squarer more often. So do the little things really, really well and do them really regularly. And then it starts to add up.
0: Yeah. And you can have fun doing it. Right. Like I've seen, you know, people put little coins in the ground, just let kids hit, just, just coins off the ground. Right. And it's like, that's fun. And it, it doesn't have to be that you're always hitting a golf ball and no. it doesn't have to be boring. It can be interesting. can lots
1: of different ways. It's, it's getting something. If you are going to do those little things, and I think this is where maybe sometimes people do need to be input, you've got to try and find lots and lots of different ways to do those little things.
0: Right. And then it has to relate back to playing the game of golf.
1: Yes, I I believe so. I believe so. I think, I think surely the goal is or or the intention or the mission or the purpose is to share this wonderful golf and the game of golf with people getting out on the golf course, hitting it from point A to point B, with with hit it with that, hit that with this over there, you know, Mm -hmm. doing the fresh air, the beautiful places we get to go to. Why would we want to allow children to miss out on that fantastic opportunity?
0: Absolutely. So I'm going to give you this kind of like little fire round, right? It's like, it's going to be the, is it okay to dot, dot, dot. And then I have a question and this is sparked from things from you and your blog. So let's just shoot it out. You give me your answer. And if there's any other thing you'd like to to point on that, just, just throw it in the mix. All right. So number Uh, one, is it okay to play other sports, Neil?
1: Yes. Lots of them, lots of different places, with lots of different people, in lots of different ways.
0: Okay, great. Uh, is it okay to do other things besides golf? Yes,
1: singing, church, drama, painting, decorating, um, mud, uh, walking. Lots of different things with lots of in lots of different places with lots of different
0: people. Is it okay to take time to figure things out, review, reflect, critique, plan?
1: Yes. I think that ability for everybody involved to sort of take time, take stock, sit, ponder, think, share your ideas, maybe appreciate sometimes you're going to be wrong and being wrong is okay as well.
0: Love that. Is it okay to do nothing?
1: Yes. And I hesitate because I I struggle. I spoke to a friend of mine the other day and we were talking about, you know, meditation and just taking time just to stop. And then I realized that actually when I'm doing my running, that's what I am. But yeah, isn't, isn't that really hard in today's world? Do nothing.
0: So tough, isn't it? It's so tough. Isn't it? Well, I mean, to say that,
1: we, we, as I'm sure you have, we've been, the, the world has been forced to do nothing over the last 6 to 12 months.
0: It's true. Yeah.
1: Um, it- yeah, I and mean, some people have really struggled with it. You know, we as a family... there's a lot of times we've quite enjoyed it you know the pressure to not have to do anything to not have to go out to not feel obliged to do this 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 this. let's just chill and i've said this to a number of my friends you know i wouldn't say it's a parenting hack but don't think that you've got to occupy and entertain your children all day every day doing nothing having a weekend of doing nothing is fine
0: i totally agree yeah. And, you know, the reason I wanted to just ask you those kind of questions is again, it's going back to the original thing we talked about is like, there is no rush, right? And so it's okay if you relate back to golf to not play golf for a day, a week, a month, a season. And you know what? If progression, if becoming a player still is your goal, there's still plenty of time to reach that if you want to, right? And, if you think about progression, and this is kind of my final thought and take on this, is if if progression and the process is important to you, then take a snapshot of what you're doing today and think about a snapshot a year ago about what you were doing. And I'm sure you can always find some type of positive progression from that point last year to this point now and whatever it may be. And if it's related to golf, maybe it's not necessarily results, but maybe it could be something related to coordination, or the fact that you took up a new sport, or the fact that you've now made more friends playing the game, or the fact that you enjoy it more. There's these new challenges, and I I bet you if you take that snapshot from a year ago today, and right now, you'll actually find areas that you have progressed, and if you don't do that, you'll think that you've just stayed in the same rut, or regressed, And the reality is that you haven't. You will find some positive in that. So that would be my actionable tip for everybody to do and think about, whatever it is, whether it's related to golf or not. Neil, any final thoughts about this this topic about there is time embracing the process for our listeners?
1: I I think, as I've said, there's there's never any necessary rush, and I think maybe also just following on from what you just said there, it's also just you know being our very best self in that moment. You know whether that be us as a coach or us as parents or seeing our children in front of us, Yeah, you know, we, we want them to be happy, we want them to be cared for, we want them to be safe. And actually, if they've got all those things, you know, whether they win or lose at golf, whether they're getting better or not, whether they've hit a good shot or not, they're not actually that important. Mm. You know, we care, but we don't really care more than we do about them being happy, being safe and being cared for.
0: I totally agree. I love that. So, Neil, before I let you go, you've got something to tell everybody that you didn't actually have in fruition from the last time we had you on the podcast. So, tell us something new about what you're doing and where people can follow more about uh, what you're up to, some of your thoughts on these things, and where they can uh, tune in.
1: So, we are in the UK, back in lockdown. And um, one of the things that's come out of lockdown is I've been inspired by Travis to set up my own podcast. Um, if you're a list, regular list of Travis's, it won't be as professionally polished, be much more organic. Um, but you can find me at The Jolf Man, um, posting daily at the moment. I've made that commitment to myself to post daily, some chats, some ramblings, um, some musings, And yeah, I'm thoroughly enjoying the process at the moment. Thanks, Travis.
0: Awesome. Yes, I've enjoyed your podcast. I've enjoyed the episodes that you produced. I've uh, now been happy to be a new guest onto your podcast. And I've enjoyed this conversation today, as always. And I know the listeners will take a lot away from this discussion. And I think most importantly, people will start to reflect more on embracing that process, understanding that there is more time. Thank you so much, Neil Plummer. Look forward to having you back.
1: Thanks, Travis.
0: All right. Another great conversation with Neil Plemmer. I think he made it really clear that there is no rush in childhood and there are so many things to enjoy along the way. Neil gave us a good understanding of the different developmental stages children go through in golf and how long they might stay in those stages for do yourself a favor and reflect on your thoughts and feelings towards progression. Take a deep breath, embrace the process, and just understand that it's going to be fun hope you all have a great week and look forward to having you back on the podcast next week if you enjoy listening to our podcast and the information you got from this episode do us a favor and continue to support us by hitting that subscribe button and giving us a five-star review your continued support will help us continue to grow and be able to interview some of the most experienced parents coaches and players in the golf industry to help you continue to raise your golfer to their full potential